we met in January of 1969, and now we just celebrated our 50th anniversary on November the 28th. We met at our Bible college, our school, and one look is all it took. And it's taken us all these years, keeping that first love alive, <laughs> keeping and protecting that first love. <laughs> yeah, we just, we, <laughs> we, we talk about that a lot. We look at each other, we just say, remember when we first started dating and how it was and what we felt? We still draw strength after 50 years. Mm -hmm. You can have a thriving relationship or a surviving, you know, yeah. to keep that first love, uh, revisit it how you felt and all that. It's not trying to work yourself up or anything. I think it just keeps you a reminder of how God brought you together. You know, if no two snowflakes are like, and we just had some snow and how beautiful that was, then why do we allow or think that our relationship has to get old? God can help us to keep it alive and fresh and wonderful and just as relevant and real. And you say, well, we know each other. We've been around each other all these years, and we know pretty well what each other likes. Now, wait a minute. You don't have to let it get old. He has been the same since the first time I met him. <laughs> I want someone that's going to be consistent, rooted, grounded, the same as I meet him when he's old and gray. I want that passion for the Lord to still be there. and. You got some gray in those, but he's still that passionate on fire for God. I would say to study each other, be in tune to each other, and also keeping a good sense of humor, just being able to laugh and at yourself and uh, life is unpredictable and can be complicated, but if you have grace on top of grace, because you don't know, Something may happen that you're in his shoes or he's in mine, and you just have to be a team and think team mentality. Absolutely, absolutely. Communicate and practice the active assertive listening skill. This is what I heard you say and how it makes you feel. When one does that, it, it values the other. A person feels valued. And so it's important, not only in in tune, but the tone, the tone of your voice and what you're sharing with each other that way. Keep romance in the marriage. Oh. You know, little notes, oh. candles, spontaneity, yeah. surprises. That's right. That's so important. Fix up for each other. Don't take each other for granted. Let's be transparent. Become vulnerable and become real. People can't become vulnerable and real unless they're being honest and truthful. Be willing to go there. Yeah. They got 50 years. Mom and Dad, you guys are like the gold standard. Man, we honor them for leading our re-engaged ministry, for modeling and championing. They have such a burden. We have a burden for your marriage. Stephanie and I, we, in just a couple of weeks, within a couple of weeks, we celebrate 26 years. 
And but that's only like half. Like we've got every year is getting better. Every year. That seems like in the beginning we were kind of figuring things out. It was yeah. a little rocky. But our burden is that you will be long-term in your marriage. And we're, we're, we've been praying for you and we're excited to, to share with you what the Lord has kind of put on our heart to help you uh, be able to make it to 50 years or longer. How many of you guys want to last in your marriage? All right, we all want to do it. We don't just say I do on that wedding day and think, man, five years, 10 years. We want to go the distance uh, until yeah. death do us part. And so we want to help you with that. And it's going to happen not when you do it your way, but God's way. And God has a standard. He has principles that if we apply it to our marriage, we can last. Amen. And so think of it like, like tools, all right? Think of it like uh, having tools that you need. And when, when you have, and I know, Stephanie, sometimes when things break around the house, yeah. maybe your tendency is to... Uh, Just go buy a new one, anything. Yeah. And, and I have a tendency to like, all right, is it fixable? And if it's fixable, like if the tire is low, you don't just get a new tire or get a new vehicle, right? <laughs> you, you fix the leak, you put air in it, and then you use tools. Like a, you have tire gauge, you have an air compressor, and then, and then you're back. And so it's the same way you have tools to be able to, because no marriage is perfect, right? There's going to be conflict. There's going to be trials. How are you going to respond when there's when there's trouble, or right? What can you do to tune up that marriage? And so we want to give you some tools, God's tools to help you, all right? So every marriage, every spouse needs to have a tool belt and tools to be able to help you. And so these are God's tools. So the first tool, real important, like every tool belt's got to have a hammer, right? Maybe you might not think initially, like, this would be the right metaphor for our first tool, but it's... it's <laughs> But it's love, all right? Love. You got to have love. Love is, love is, we always say all the time when it comes to evangelism or, or discipleship, love is choosing the highest good of others. of others. So I want you to think about that in terms of your spouse. Like love is choosing the highest good for our spouse. It's not selfish. It's not what, what's best for me, but it's what's best for for Stephanie. And so what is God's word? We're going to read some scripture today and I want you to look at it through the lens of it for your spouse. All right. So first Corinthians 13 talks all about love and it says love suffers long. What does that mean? It means like love will put up with a lot, right? Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It's not provoked. It thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity. But here's what it does. Love rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. I love this. It's this description about love. It's not just one thing, but love, it, it, it believes the best in others, right? It, it really does. So I want you to think, no matter how rough your relationship or even your marriage, maybe it's been, there's been all kinds of problems. Maybe you're on the, you feel like you're on the eve of, of ending the marriage. And I, my hope is that you would have hope and that you would say, love will believe the best. So what if we could have a clean slate? What if we could forgive and God could redeem and supernaturally reconcile? Well, it will happen and it will last because you have the tool of love. And, and so why did I choose the hammer for love? All right. Oh, no. Because oftentimes when we deal with conflict or we communicate, we can have a tendency to like say what is necessary to win. Or even when we say what's well, right is true, and, but that truth 
is often abrasive or it's hard, yeah. right? And, and love, love is like, think of it as love with a velvet or love when you talk truth. Like when I was reading this passage, I didn't share this in first service, but, but love, if we think of it as, as communicating truth with, with velvet, all right? And, and tone matters, when you talk, tone matters. It's the yeah. language when you communicate. It's, it's, not, it's not what you say oftentimes, but how you say it. Do you remember when we went hiking at El Junque, the National Forest of Puerto Rico, and there was a plant. We'd never seen it before, but it, was like, it looked like a little fern. And if you barely touched it, it wouldn't do anything. But if you touched it real hard, right. it, would, it would wither up and it would just shrink back. And I thought, I remember... As I was going over this, this scripture, I, I'm reminded of like how important our words are to our spouse and the power of the words and how you say it can, can bring harm uh, in, in communicating. It so is. yeah, there it is. There's a, that, so the power of the words, may your words have the tone of love. What's another tool? Another tool we have is, um, that we need is patience. We all need patience. It's easier to get irritated or annoyed with the person we're closest to. I don't know why that is, but love is proportioned to intimacy. So we, we can get impatient. The, the tool that we're talking about right now that's needed is patience. Even though sometimes things can add up. When um, like for John, I, I have to be honest and pray that, yeah, he leaves his shoes out. And I trip over them in the middle of the night. I go to the bathroom or if I'm walking the dogs and they just, no, it's right. Look, shoes out. I actually oh, added it. wasn't in the original no, script. It was not. You're adding stuff. And out. so each service, I got to pull out something. First but, Corinthians 13, love keeps no record <laughs> of wrong. There it is. Up. I didn't make that up. Put I that didn't up. add it. It's there. <laughs> I'm teaching to myself. I have to have more patience. But think of it, put yourself in, uh, if you could switch places with your spouse, sometimes to just constantly nag or constantly be aggressive with, can you please do this? Can you please do that? And, and it's, the, it's a maturity thing. It's the patience of the person that is good to settle down because couples that work are more often thinking about what I'm giving away, not what I'm getting. So if I'm giving away patience in situations and in circumstances and things in life, I'm also gonna get that in return. So that's a, an important tool in the tool belt is patience. You've really grown. I mean, for a while, we always ask the Lord, is there a word this year? And patience was kind of... It's always... It's, it seems like when you pray for patience, do. yeah. you don't have it. You ever realize that? When you pray for patience, it's for some reason, you get more impatient. Really? I don't know. I think is that Lord, just me? I think the Lord answers our prayers. He and gives does. us the fruit of the Spirit of Stop patience. Stop it. So, no, I'm just saying, like, it's just, we, we, it takes both of us having patience yes. with each other in our relationship. Amen, and it's true. And thank you for having patience when my slippers and shoes are in various places. You know, remember when you turned the corner right there at yeah. the bathroom? Okay. Moving along. But early on, and I'm not bringing this up, I'm saying how, like, we do need to be patient. We can, sometimes we have an expectation of how we're wired and what we value. And if the other person isn't wired that way or don't have strengths that are unique to your strengths, we can become impatient. And I remember early on, like, you're strong in relationships and creativity and you're a free spirit. And so when it came to organizing things or administration, it's the worst. Not, not the worst, but you were not, that wasn't, but I felt like, okay, when it came to the drawers or the closet, like the organization, and that wasn't you. Wasn't and I was there. like, man, you just don't care. And it became a, a conflict early on. And here's how he helped me besides saying I'm a clutter queen. Any more clutter queen? 
Okay, I'm like, okay, yay, Jennifer. But um, um, after realizing that my strength is not organization and helping me organize some of it, he did give me two drawers I can keep trashed. So see, there is give and take. But, <laughs> and it's so piled after Christmas. But it's also not just like, just let it go. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're not gonna, it's not gonna become a strength. So my, major on the majors, mm-hmm. minor on the minors. That's a minor. Don't let it be something that's a big deal. Right, have to be patient. So, very good. Another important tool is is humility. Humility, because pride and arrogance have no room in a long term relationship. You are not the center. I mean, it's together. I remember your dad used to always say, "Marriage is a hundred, one hundred." And so it's about 100% commitment, 100% loving. It's like serving. And so humility means not pushing our opinions on others. It's not on each other. It's not. You can win an argument and still lose the relationship. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes it's not worth it, right? So being humble is so important. And it's just owning up. It takes humility to own up to when, when you make mistakes. Here's some three important statements. I'm sorry, I was wrong. What can I do to make it right? If we would just humble ourselves and have humility in tone, love in our tone, and just come, because every conflict in an argument, it takes two, right? And so just owning up, taking responsibility. If you lead the way in that, you're going to see great progress. Let's read a couple of scriptures and again, apply this, this tool of humility to your marriage. Here it is. First one in Ephesians 4, 2 through 3. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, Bearing with one another in love, enduring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Philippians chapter two, verse three and four. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit. In other words, don't be competitive, all right? But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of fill in the blank, your spouse, right? It is not that you think you're, you're less valuable as a person, but that you honestly care about others' needs before your own. So there it is again, loving and through humility. If you have that as, as part of your character, if that's a tool, you, then you're gonna continually going, what's, what's best for Stephanie? How can I serve her? How can I encourage her? How can I love her? And, and do this in a, in a very God-loving uh, way. I love C.S. Lewis, the quote, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. If you think of yourself less and your spouse more, if you think about it, even when you pray, when you pray, are you praying more for your own interest? When you're thinking about uh, going on a date or, or resolving conflict, think of it through the lens of what's best for your spouse. Be, be giving, be humble, be loving. What's another, another tool? Selflessness. It's not about taking a real mark of a relationship is giving you know, it says in Ephesians 5.25, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Every day to give up something from you, for you to give to your spouse. Every day, think, how can I? And Christ does it. He said, die daily to sin. And in a relationship, sometimes there's just things, there's just needs and wants. Yeah, and there's a difference. There's some things you need and some things you just want. But sometimes uh, being selfishness is to always put him first or her first uh, in your relationship. And don't get confused with the real need that is wanted in Yeah, and there's some needs that can, should only be met by the Lord. Right. And if you try to meet the needs or have the needs met by your spouse, then eventually 
that expectation is not going to be met and you're going to be lost. And, and so I would say you're, the need, the three needs that need to be met by the Lord is identity. Like your identity first needs to be as a son of God, as a daughter of a king. And, and if you think of your identity first as the, the wife of or the husband of your spouse, then what happens when that's taken away, whether it be death or anything, you know, you're going to be, you're going to be lost. And so first your identity must be in the Lord. I would say acceptance. We all have a need to belong, right? And so being accepted first by the Lord, because if you're accepted by the Lord, if you know you belong to God, then, and you're content in that, then nothing else will, will destroy you. And I would say your purpose, like find your purpose, your kingdom purpose in the Lord. Your purpose is not through your spouse together, but if you both have your purpose in the Lord and you come together, wow, it's gonna be amplified through God's spirit and his grace. So anything else you wanna add? No, but the three things the woman needs from a man. This is good. This is good. So speak to the guys here, oh, all right? And don't butt in. Oh, and patience. I'm learning patience. Just on the affection part, because it's okay. first service. Oh, all my right. word. What? I got in trouble, y'all, he, he for talking about trouble. when I was talking to the ladies that the teen John? got mad at. I'm, all right. Okay. Anyway. I was just trying. Is it okay to be real and be honest? And she like... All right, why was I getting in trouble? If I turn red, y'all know why. Right. The three things, security, affection, and commitment. And we're gonna talk about those. Women need to feel secure. Yes, emotionally with our hearts and we're sharing our burdens and, and it's a safe place, it should be. Husbands, you can't go off and talk to your bros about you know what your wife is truly opening up their heart. And same thing, women, you know, on media and stuff. It's a, it should be a safe place place to feel secure and in emotional needs and financial needs. We do offer FPU on Tuesday. Women need to, to feel the security, not to be over, you know, with wealth and, and, you know, but just have a sense of where are we at? Can we make it? Let's be together with a budget and that, that there's security in that. What? You're going to add them. You told me not to interrupt. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I can tell you. <laughs> you are, I know this is a, a need for you. And then I remember like whenever we have big decisions, you're always like, we afford it, blah, blah, blah. But I know this to be true with women in general. Security is so important. Is. But why? Why is it so important? I think it is because we want to feel secure with love. When you feel such a love from your partner, from your spouse, there's such a love that's unbreakable, that they got your back no matter what. If we are completely broke or completely wealthy, whatever the need is, there's someone there. It's like you're, you're surrounded with a bubble of love that nothing can bust it. You're with each other through thick or thin. That's security and that's just a love that is unconditional. And I think that's important for security. But men, be dependable and consistent. Be a man of your word with your spouse or with your children. I know we're talking about mostly marriages, but um, I mean, end of story. Just be a man of your word. Just be consistent, show up. Affection. It's not all about sex. Affection. You're saying stuff like, I think it's all about sex, or I said that earlier, but I... (laughs) What? I didn't. Anyway, sex can be a result of affection, but not the Y'all most. need to go back and just watch first service. No, you don't. So I'm not like a, you will not come they're back. They're looking at me like I'm a pervert, Steph, for crying out loud. <laughs> anyway, if they want to watch. We had for- fun talking about affection. Okay, okay, okay. It may have been PG-13. We'll make it PG. Okay, yeah, let's right, make it. Because our son's here. Right, you know, right. He's so embarrassed as it is right, right, right. that we talk about this. No. 
So anyway, let's, okay, make time for each other. Vulnerability is a commodity to constantly be with the affection of the holding hands. And this isn't anything new. Y'all have heard this, but sometimes in life, in marriages, you can get to a point where this is just refreshing. But to hold hands, to be affectionate. Uh, there's a, a book by Gary, and I don't know his last name, babe. Chapman, yeah. Gary Chapman, the five long languages. You can take those tests online. Uh, Words of affirmation, which is you, your big words of affirmation, physical affection, uh, quality time, uh, acts of service. What is that? Gifts. That must not be me. Maybe? It's up there. Oh. Believe me. Gifts are up there for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I think so I'm more acts of service. But you like acts of service are primary. My, I'll give you an example. Like Fine. when he's doing the dishes yep. or picking up his shoes, yep. that's I'm not, around the corner right there with that bathroom. I'm seeing a theme here that we're, um, all right. They're gray and white, but. I'll they, do better. I'm going to do better. I'm just kidding. I'm not kidding, but I'm kidding. But. Um, <laughs> what was that? I didn't catch it. Nothing. Which, all right. Yeah. I lost my train of thought. But anyway, oh, it's a love language. When I so when into he your eyes and you talk, I just always lose my train of thought. Cause you're so lovely. <laughs> when he does acts of service for me, it makes me love him more. Like yeah. the dishes and washing the dog, or those little things that, as wives, yes, we're busy with moms and busy as. And when they do that, that's my his is affirmation. When I leave sticky notes or um, after even after sermons sometimes or just after anything, and I just put it in his ear, man. Thank you. That was amazing. I'm, you know, souls were set. You know, you just hit, that's his love language better than me holding his hand because you've never been a real touchy person anyway, except we can hold hands now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's available to hold your hand. But here's the thing. We, we tend to communicate or show uh, love the way that we're wired yeah. and we really need to understand our spouse. And again, it's all about loving and how can we do that? So you can do this. I mean, it's really easy. Like how do you, how do they love you? And then you love them that way. That's bottom line. But you can do an online assessment and figure out maybe what's your primary, secondary love language and then know what it is for your spouse and yeah. your children as well. Very important. We know our kids. Do you know them real quick? Hannah Grace. Hannah Grace is. This morning she said she's all five, so I don't know. Yeah. She's, she's up there with gifts no. as well. Yeah, but she, I think she just wants some. Emma, quality time. Emma and is definitely service. And Bryce is... Oh, my Bryce. What is Quality it? time. Yeah, I think he's up there, yep. All right, anything it, else yes. on your... Yeah, sorry, I love him. Commitment. Listen here, a woman, we you have... you see how she gazed at Bryce? Like, she loves her son, which is good. <laughs> but these needs, we need to meet each other's needs so That's that true. they don't go... We don't... Guys, if you don't... If, Ladies, if we don't meet our, our needs, they're going to find it in the career. And if we don't meet our wife's needs, they're going to find it in their children. Mm-hmm. And we need to be meeting each other's needs. This is why we're talking about And then about. schedules so get too busy and things right? happen. And then we don't want each other looking to try to meet those needs anywhere else. That's so good. Any else on the. Well, on commitment, women, we say a lot. We have a lot of words in our mouth. You know what? I read this in, in my book, and who says it? It says, like, the study says. I bet it was all guys that said that. But women, we just talk more. We have a lot of words. And I met some women in first service, and I personally know that there are women that the, the man does talk more, and the woman listens. But to lean in and to have understanding. And, and guys need to listen. Right. More. The commitment yeah. is their acts of service. What can we do? Tone is a big deal. You brought that up. And, and, and don't set the expectations too high. 
that, like when you first get married, it's all up here where everything's gonna be great, but when the expectations are too high and they're not met, there's miscommunication, there's missed things that add up to negativity that can impact your marriage. I've learned how important it is to just listen, to understand, instead of just quickly trying to fix the problem, whatever you're talking about. And oftentimes you don't need me to fix it. You just want me to listen. Or sometimes you just need a hug. Cuddle. A cuddle. Yeah. Oh, hey. I'm affectionate. (laughs) I like to be affectionate with you. You do. You're cute. All right. All right. (laughs) Ladies, three (laughs) needs that every guy needs, all right? First, honor, honor and respect. There's a book, Love and Respect, and it talks all about how the guys need to have respect. They need you to, they need to know that they're honored at home, private, but also in public. Please don't ever call them out in front of their friends or their children or other people, all right? Just do not, that, that will just really hurt them. Um, don't cut their legs off in front of me. Just pray for them. Praise them and put a crown over them that they can grow up under, That's all good. right? Like you can encourage them their words. You can speak. You can say, hey, babe, you're looking, you're looking extra chisel. Have you been doing some push-ups lately? Or I'm not watching. You know, just like, I remember for a while you were at DFIT. You were at the gym for like three years before I got there. I would always want a mountain bike. And then, and then I noticed that you were starting to get a little definition. Defini- well, it's true. And I was like, my wife's oh, not going to get stronger than me. And so, but you were words, you didn't like, say anything, but I was like, I wanted to, but you, you always did it. You were very honoring and ladies, your, your husband does not need another mom. All right. They don't need another Karen. They, they want you. All right. So it's true. Spirit may have spoken, John. but, uh, there is a proverb, right? Pops was the proverb about it's better to have peace at home than like a, a nagging wife is like a dripping faucet and, and no one wants that. And they, that can go both ways, but honor, honor your, your husband. He needs honor. Second, he needs, he needs support. He knows that you, got, that you have your, his back, that you're going to be there to help and support, whether that be through prayer, uh, through his, the career, through anything. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of stress. And, and be, a, be a helpmate that really can support that. And then finally... Let's talk about it. The third need is sex. It's not, guys don't just want it. They need it. They need it. God, amen. Like God, God, this is not our idea. This was God's idea. He created it. It's good. It's not just, like we've said it before. It's not just for procreation. It's for recreation. And the Bible says oh, that your bodies are not your own. And so Mm-mm-mm. ladies, I know, I mean, like, uh-uh. From my relationship, ladies don't need it as much as guys. Like y'all can get away with it for two or three times a month, I guess. John. I don't know. But, but it's true. Some guys, they John, need it stop. three times a week or daily. It's John. a need, babe. And our ladies need to hear that. I'm trying to hook a brother up. And, uh, and so I would be intentional. Like some even when you don't laughing, feel but... like it, just have the talk. I mean, I've got some friends on staff, I'm not John, gonna call them out. If you open up their calendar, Sex is scheduled. I've seen it. That's I'm ridiculous. Say, well, don't look true. over there and call them out. It's true. We don't. We don't have John, to. John, be quiet. What? You're embarrassing me again. Well, I'm just. And guys are visual, ladies. You need to know that. Oh. So have a two or three little Mm-mm. lingerie outfits. Stop that are, it. There's kids what? in the room. Babe, I'm being honest. It's a need. Anything you want to add? Sweating underneath my jacket. Don't yeah. ever. Don't All talk right. like this All in right. third service. Good. All right, anything else that you want to? 
right. Lord have mercy. Just come, Lord. Getting you going, huh? No. All oh, right. gosh. <laughs> I can't even say the right thing. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about sex and dating a little bit. All right. Because it isn't just sex doesn't start in the bedroom. And, it, and guys, it starts early on. It starts just, if she's in the kitchen, just come up behind her and give her a big hug. All right. Whisper in her ear. Text her throughout the day, just loving, and, and it can be spicy. Just make sure it was your spouse, right? So <laughs> not to your, anyone else, but, but do that. Let there be romance and, 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 and have flowers. And, and then when it comes to dating, it's a big deal. There needs to be, re, if it's important, date. If, you're, if your spouse is important, if your marriage is important, date each other. Let it be reoccurring. Recurring, put it in your calendar minimum of monthly, it needs to have a goal of, of weekly. We have a weekly date that we look forward to. And every couple of months, we'll go out of town for a night. And it's just us. And it's so important. And let me say something. If you have small kids, maybe those of you in your small group, y'all just uh, take turns. You know, those of you who do have child care. Yeah, and your small issues. group. Yeah, swap. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. not, don't blame, we don't have money. And you can do dates that are, that. Go for a hike. Yeah. yeah, right. And we, we posted something on our church social media. It's like 40 ideas locally that you can discover. And so the practical challenge is to date this week. And so guys, think through it. Don't go, all right, yeah, we're going to go out Thursday for lunch or in the evening. Now, what do you want to do? Don't <laughs> at least have some, listen, but propose, put some work into it. Think about it when you were dating before you got married, right? What happened? And, and don't blame your career, don't blame kids, don't blame money, make it a priority. So I'm challenging you to go on a date this week. And take a picture. It's so important. Hey, when pictures. we do re-engage, we ask the question, are you dating? And it's almost unanimously, no. And so there's a connection there. Date each other. Dating is so important. Amen. And then praying together. Praying. We've, we've discovered that only 11 percent of all couples pray together daily. I'm not just talking about the meals or when you're in trouble. And this is something that we can improve and and praying together. Because I really believe if you're praying together, couples that pray together will stay together. And it's like God, it's like gorilla glue. When you're praying, Jesus says, apart from my father, I can do nothing. And we need to be thinking the same thing in our marriage. Apart from the Lord, it's not going to be loving or full of romance or, or just in encouraging to you. But when you're praying together, there's something happens spiritually that bonds you emotionally, physically, in all ways. And, and, and that's God's grace and his wisdom and his strength and his favor and his blessing upon your marriage. And so we want to pray for you. And, and we want, our, want this to be a time of commitment as we bring our series to a close. So if you are married or engaged, will you stand to your feet, please? And we're going to we're going to pray together, and then we're, I'm going to give you an opportunity to, to make a commitment to your spouse. And so after I'm praying, I want you to look at your spouse in the eyes. And if you're serious about this commitment, I just want you to respond with, I will. All right. But first, let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for Stephanie. I thank you for my, my wife, this gift that you've given me. I am, I really am not complete without her. I'm, I'm, I know that, Father, my identity is in you, and I ask for your help as I lead her and lead us. And I pray 
for every marriage in this church, every couple. We're, they're so important to our church family and we love them, God. And I pray for strong marriages. I pray for your favor and your blessing to be upon each of them that is unique and they each have strengths, God. And, and Lord, I just pray that, that, that your spirit would help them, Father. Wherever there needs to be forgiveness, or reconciliation, or restoration, I pray that you would happen, that there would be healing, Father, that you would help us to grow. A lot of times our marriages didn't get in trouble overnight, and so it's going to be take time, Father, to be made whole again. But I pray that you would... Renew that hope and that desire, Lord, in each of us, Father. I pray as you, Father, you modeled it so well, Jesus, that you came to serve the church and that we as a church are your bride. I pray that we would see how you loved us and that we would love our spouses the same way in humility and love. Help us to put these tools, these biblical principles into our relationship and our marriage. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Now I want you to look at each other in the eyes and before all others, before everything, before anyone else, will you make a promise to cherish each other? And if you promise you will, to the best of your ability, depending upon the Lord's grace, would you say, I will? Would you not only cherish each other, but would you protect each other with your words and with your actions? If you will, say, I will. Would you serve each other? Would you honor each other? Would you constantly forgive each other? Would you stay faithful to each other? Would you love each other to the very end? With God's help, amen. Can we kiss? Let's kiss. <laughs> we really do love you and we're praying for your marriage. and. And we have, we know this series is a, a series to help you, to help our, we believe our church will be as strong as our families, as our marriages. And, 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 and if you need more help, just know that a couple of times a year, we offer re-engage as a, as a ministry to help you.